Can we talk about Microsoft culture yeah, a little bit? I mean, you guys, so first of all, was Bomber crazy? The people at Microsoft think that Bomber was crazy? I, or do, is he revered? I think Bomber, like, my first company meeting, the, um, I was looking around, he came out yelling, screaming, like sweating, just like jumping up and down. I was kind of expecting some theme music, uh, you know, some sort of big podcast intro. Yeah, oh, hold on, cue the intro, cue the intro. Right, so now, okay, we're now on the record. So we're here with Scott Finholm uh, from Bing slash Microsoft. I'm not sure what to call it, and that's one of the questions I have for you. But before we get into the business side of it, I've known Scott for, I don't know, 15 years? Long time. Too, too long. It's actually going to date me. I'm not going to think about it, but I've known you for a very long time, back from your MarchX days in Seattle. Are you able to hear? Yeah, I can hear you. Can, I can't hear anything else. Are the aliens speaking to you right now? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm yes, guessing the aliens are speaking to me from up above. It's, okay. Uh, there we go. That's better. I had to close a few things on my side. Uh, does that sound okay? Um, yes. Yeah, so now we can see and hear you, according to everybody. There we go. First off, Wicker, good to see you. You too. Uh, I was kind of expecting some theme music, um, you know, some sort of a big podcast intro. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Cue the intro. Cue the intro. Maybe a, a little live read MailChimp ad at the beginning, like right. a classic podcast approach. Scott so, joins us today from Bing, where he was the founder of uh, Windows 7 and uh, Windows Phone technology. There you go. At least you didn't say uh, Windows Vista and uh, right. Zoom. I, that was it. I was trying to think of something embarrassing. Uh, Zoom. Massive achievements. <laughs> founder of Zoom on the podcast today. I found a Zoom in a drawer the other day, and I was like, I don't even know what to do with this now. So, um, yeah, anyway, obviously, Paul and I go way back. Um, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, since I've gotten out of the uh, the local reseller space, uh, and as have you, uh, we don't run into each other as much anymore, which is a bummer. Yeah, well, we should talk more about that Zoom. I've never so, seen one, so curious. <laughs> Um, how do you want to? Should I? How do you want to kick this off? Should I tell the the, the long and sordid history of uh, Paul and Scott's relationship, or uh, wow. how do you want to? How do you want to go from here? It's a dating show. <laughs> the long and sordid history. Uh, yeah. Why don't we start? Um, why don't? Yeah. Why don't you? Uh, sorry, my audio person is telling me things are not great. Um, well, why don't you you tell everybody how we met and uh, what we've been doing for a while? Sure. I'll try to figure out my audio. So, uh, I'm trying to think it might be on my end too. I'm trying to see if we've got a, a network connection here in the room. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll give you the quick story, uh, my history and then where it intersects with Paul's life. Um, so uh, I, uh, out of college, I was an IT consultant, then moved to Seattle in 2000 to make my internet millions. And we all know how that went in 2000, 2001. Right. Um, and uh, went to work for a company called GoToNet, got bought by Infospace. Uh, we were laughing today that I was selling search advertising back when it used to be $40 CPM, free text, space, HTML, whatever you want to put on a page uh, back in the old uh, InfoSpace GoToNet days. Um, so I've been in search for quite a long time, actually. Uh, I, I was realizing around here the other day, I'm like Yoda, like everyone just 
no one understands how old he is, what he's been right. doing, how he got to this point. Uh, so um, along the way, uh, moved from Infospace over to Marchex, uh, which was a Seattle-based company, still is. Uh, uh, moved over there in 2004. And then uh, while we tried to pull some different stuff together and think about what Marchex wanted to be when it grew up, uh, at the time, we were spending a lot of time focused on AT&T and its various entities uh selling search advertising helping them sell search advertising through their traditional yellow page salesforce and so transitioning that world from the book uh to the online and that's where paul and i met when paul was at yellow book uh similarly trying to figure out how to get a premise-based salesforce to sell search marketing to uh small business advertisers which was that was a whole production that probably right. is still ongoing i haven't really kept pace with it but uh yeah well actually what's yeah. funny uh, and I don't know if you can ever, if you can hear me anymore. I'll just talk like you can hear me. All right, good. That sound great. Oh. All right, good. Um, the right. So two things. One, Marchex is a call tracking. Well, they do a lot of stuff. I used to always, I still call them a call tracking company because they put like measurable phone numbers in places so small businesses can track how many phone calls they get from things like yellow page ads back in the day. But now they do it for search marketing, for display, for probably anything. But that's like a piece of their business. And then they try to, or like the numerous incarnations of like another traffic network. And I actually know two people that just went there. I, one, Gary Nafis, maybe we'll get on the show to run sales for them. Um, so I checked their stock that was like three bucks or something really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's going, do you have any inside scoop on what's going over, there, what's going on at March? The, the struggle, what I always say about March X is there's this analogy about, and I'm going to butcher this, but about, um, blind men and an elephant and the way it goes is right. the blind men are holding on to different parts of the elephant and whatever part they're holding that's what they think it is so the man who holds the trunk uh, the, the 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 trunk thinks it's a snake the man who holds the leg thinks it's a tree uh etc so whatever perspective people know that's what they think marchex is because it does so many things so previously they were previously in the domain hosting uh domain purchasing right. business right monetizing that uh so that's one angle there was the call tracking and analytics they're a company called Voistar that they purchased uh right. then they added an uh you know an ad distribution network through what was aha.com turned into enhanced turned into adhere uh, i'm not actually sure about the status of that uh, network at this point and then the smb advertising side as well so um i think honestly what's what's probably been tough for their stock has been telling that story uh and making sure that people understand that they do a lot of different things uh, and they honestly do a lot of them very well. I'm still close to a lot of folks over there. It's a good company, but I think it didn't really have that one specific direction of here's what we do, here's what we are. Uh, and I think that's tough for the street to get their heads around. Uh, hope for the best. I don't have any more stock over there, but I hope for the best for-, for Well, good, you cashed it out at a good time, I'd say. Um, yeah, me too. I know two people over there doing uh, doing a lot of good stuff. I just was curious. Um, yeah. The other question that you made me think of was, oh, um, I also talked to someone. So speaking of the old yellow page space and the people mm -hmm. still trying to sell search to small businesses. Um, yeah, I talked to someone who runs like global fulfillment for some like crazy, the company's called like SOS Travel or something. They do like travel insurance and medical services for people who travel the globe. So if you're in like, you know, if you're, uh, some executive and you're in India on vacation, you can pay some money. And then if you get sick at any point, they'll helicopter you out. Or if you work for the U S government and you're working on an oil field in, I don't know, somewhere in the middle East, that's not so stable. And you want to make sure that you can be extracted at any point and have like full medical services. 
so in essence, they, and they build entire hospitals too. So like if there's a whole team of American, you know, uh, kind of oil workers on a rig, they'll build like a, a mobile hospital. So some crazy stuff, That's right? Awesome. Yeah, it's like a very exciting job. And he's a CTO or something like that. But he, he called me because he was talking to a few folks who are still working in the same space. I think it was at Dex. And he was saying, you know, they called him and asked him, what should we do? And he said, oh, why, what's up? And they literally said the same exact problem from like 1999 or something like that of like, well, you know, print revenue is declining and these small businesses want to get websites. Um, it's amazing how those places have not changed. Yeah, I think like I went to years. my first Kelsey conference in probably what, 2008, seven, eight, something like that. And I was laughing when I came home, I was like, the subtitle was, holy crap, what do we do now? And like, that was basically the, the, the content was everything's changing. People are going online. It's a really interesting conversation um, generally, right? Like, you know, for, in so, so, I mean, how that ties back in is when uh, I was at Marchex, I was doing that for our AT&T business. We did a little bit with Yellow Book and some other clients. And then um, Microsoft came calling and said, hey, we're staffing out a reseller support team. So reseller is the terminology that we use in the search space for those types of companies that sell a do it for me advertising solution to a small business for, let's say a thousand bucks a month. And that's a website and call tracking and a little bit of SEM and SEO, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they were trying to build out a team here to support resellers leading up to and past when we did the initial integration and relationship with Yahoo, which I'm sure we'll spend some time talking about today. Um, so they asked me to come over and help keep an eye on that business for a while. So five years ago, actually not today, three days ago. So five years and three days ago, I came over to Microsoft uh, and I've been here since. So it's been a very interesting run to run through, uh, keep an eye on the global reseller team for a while. And now to have moved over as we're starting to take back, as we now have taken back most of the premium relationships from Yahoo. We'll talk about that as well. And now doing uh, account executive work for a client's up here in Seattle. So that's, that's the world. And Paul diverted and went over into the technology side Right. And uh, through, right. through AdStage, which I've always been a big fan of, actually, uh, what you guys are working on over there. I think I started talking to the AdStage folks back when I was helping out on the tool provider side of the house. So uh, un unsolicited plug for AdStage here. Um, we'll take I'm it. A big fan of you guys. Nice. That will be the uh, pre-roll for this uh, podcast. <laughs> there you go, um, yeah, exactly. Um, you. So let's talk a little bit about Microsoft, Yahoo and that relationship, because you, you brought it up. Um, for people who don't know, back in the day, used to buy Microsoft traffic. It wasn't even Bing at the time. It was actually MSN. MSN Live Search. Yeah, right. it was sadly the brand at the time. And then you would go buy Yahoo from the Yahoo Panama platform, and then you would go buy Google. So you had to manage three networks. And then you know the Yahoo Microsoft Search Alliance was born, and suddenly you can only get search traffic through a unified platform that. Microsoft ran. So you essentially, if you wanted Yahoo traffic, you went through Microsoft. And in some weird move of like, only could have been done in a boardroom with executives, they decided to like co-manage clients and create like the messiest possible partnership integration ever. Um, which I don't know what the status of it is now. I think I heard it was partially unwound because of the Yahoo mobile traffic, but um, give me your perspective on maybe this search alliance sure. and where did it work? Sure. I'd say it should go ahead and end it. So I'll, I'll tell you the story from my perspective. So when the whole thing kicked off, well, when MSN Live Search launched, I was still at MarchX and we were trying to launch 
tens of thousands of small businesses on this brand new MSN live search platform. And my favorite memory from that period of time was the guy who was running partner management for me coming to me and saying, Hey, I need to buy a rubber stamp. And I'm like, why do you, what? Sure. Why do you need a rubber stamp? He said, I have to sign physically sign an IO for every three accounts in the MSN system. That's every three SMBs. We're talking about literally 50, 60,000 SMBs. He's like, my hand will fall off. Like I would actually <laughs> fall off. I'm like, yeah, dude, get a rubber stamp. That's awesome. So we had to stamp out these individual IOs. So this is early, early, early days. So what, what we learned at the time was, uh, and I'm sure everybody in the space saw this, uh, a brand new ad platform, a search ad platform is hard to build. There's a lot of just sort of food and shelter stuff you have to get right in the basics of an ad platform uh, that Microsoft was behind, obviously several years on Google. Uh, Yahoo, Panama at the time was actually quite a bit ahead. It was a decent platform. We actually really liked it a lot. Um, but query share wise, Yahoo was declining. Microsoft was very, very slim, middle, a very small amount. And it made more sense to combine the two to make it a viable second offering to Google than to try to go it alone and compete for table scraps, right? So at the time, I believe when we launched, Yahoo was somewhere around 20 plus percent query share and Microsoft was what, eight-ish, maybe less. Um, and so we combined on that principle. The idea was we migrated all of the accounts off Panama into the, what we called ad center at the time, the Bing ads platform now, uh, put all the accounts on there, moved the sales for sales and support for the top accounts above a certain spend threshold over to Yahoo. They wanted to retain those relationships and sell the, what they called the Yahoo Bing network, right? Or the ad center platform. So it was the consolidated Yahoo Bing network, the smaller accounts, uh, and all accounts internationally were managed by the Microsoft team. So we did a lot of the onboarding, SMB uh, engagement. Um, so those of you that are on this uh, conversation that have been working with us for a while, that maybe are below, you know, the like let's say, uh, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollar a month threshold. If you're spending down below that threshold, you'd probably have always been managed by Microsoft and will continue to be. But the Yahoo team was taking those top accounts. So Yahoo wanted to sell display and video and all the other components of Yahoo's uh, offering. So um, fast forward five years later, in the interim period. We have a new CEO, Yahoo had four, five CEOs in the interim, somewhere along those lines. Right. And basically, yeah, exactly. Uh, our CEO, uh, Satya Nadella, calls up Marissa Mayer and says, look, neither of us like this situation, right? This isn't working well for either of us. We have to figure out uh, how to do it ourselves, but there's no reason to unwind what is a very valuable partnership for the two of us. So let's figure out at that five-year point in the contract, which was our out point in the contract, right? Let's figure out how to make this work best for the next five years. So that's what we did. We basically renewed and extended the contract, but changed the terms quite a lot. So the way it works now is all Bing ad sales and service comes back to Microsoft, which cleans things up quite a bit. So we've staffed out a really significantly large team across the country and now around the world to take back sales and service of those accounts that had previously been managed by Yahoo. So anything Microsoft is now sold and serviced by Microsoft. Yahoo has launched. And when you, Go ahead. When, you, when you say anything Microsoft, so what does that mean? Anyone who wants to buy inventory on Microsoft is going to be managed by a Microsoft. Uh, Fair question. Yeah. Anything, uh, if you want to buy any advertising under the Microsoft that's managed under the Microsoft banner, think about, think about it that way. So Bing ads as a platform, right? That's a Microsoft product sold and serviced by Microsoft. Yahoo Gemini as a product sold and serviced by Yahoo. Right. So back up a couple steps, maybe like a year ago, I'll call it two years ago, Yahoo launches stream ads, right? Wanting to monetize their own 
native advertising traffic. Then about a year, year and a half ago, they launched their mobile search component, rebranded that entire product as Gemini. What we laugh about is they've actually always had the capability to monetize their own mobile search. We just, I guess, in the contract said, oh, phones, who's, who's going to use mobile phones to do searching? That's never going to get, that's never going to take off. And so they always had that capability, but they, I think Marissa or whoever finally said, Hey, wait a second, we can build this out and we should, right? Yahoo's all in on mobile. So they built the, the mobile search component of Gemini. At that time, we realized that the mobile search story I'm being asked was probably not being told very well. So myself and a couple other folks went out and started to talk to these top accounts and said, Hey, we probably need to get you guys up to speed about what's going on with Microsoft and mobile and being as mobile. And that has sort of spun into where we are today with taking back those relationships. So now going forward, if you want to buy Yahoo, Gemini, you work with a Yahoo rep. If you want to buy Bing ads, you work with a Microsoft rep, which cleans things up quite a bit. Then from a uh, distribution perspective, there is a contractual agreement where Yahoo will give 51% or more of their desktop queries to be monetized by Bing ads. So if you go to yahoo.com, the majority of those queries will be managed by Bing ads for the rest of the contract period. They can do with that 49%, whatever they choose. And I say it that way because Gemini is taking most of it, but we know that they're piloting with Google to some degree on that distribution as well. Now, 51%, that's mm. the floor. I did not know that. Um, and how long is the contract extension? Can you Five say? more years. Five more years. So uh, that's the floor, that 51%. So, uh, but as of right now, what we're seeing is about 90% of queries are still using Bing ads traffic and about 80% of ad clicks are still coming through Bing ads. So while they're dialing up Gemini, and I think most of your advertisers are probably starting to see a little bit of dial up, particularly in like the retail, travel and education verticals, um, Yahoo's flipping individual keywords over to be monetized by Gemini. So we're keeping an eye on that, obviously, so we can try to stay ahead of that for our clients. But Yahoo does have the right and the authority to, to monetize up to 49% of those queries themselves. Now on mobile, they could do 100%, and they've always been able to, but they still are around that same, same threshold. We have actually a blog post right. out there that I can send you later that shows a, a line graph of the total volume of Yahoo Bing network traffic since April to give people an idea of where those trends are going. We're actually interestingly starting to see an uptick. So I don't know if Yahoo's maybe coming back the other way and saying, oops, we need to actually use Bing ads traffic instead of Gemini traffic because it makes more money for us, right, as a, as a company. So uh, Microsoft actually represents about 30% of Yahoo's corporate revenue. So it's not insignificant at all. And they have to be cautious and careful uh, about how right. and when they ship traffic to Gemini. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's like a history lesson up in here. Um, we can try to find that link, too. Um, and I don't know how clearly you can hear me because you're a little glitchy, but I heard everything you saw, you said. Um, so I don't, I don't know if we can find that link. We'll put it in the notes for the um, so how much traffic is flowing through the Microsoft. Well, and is it Microsoft or Bing? I'm still confused. The relationship yeah, between Microsoft and Bing. Let me, let me figure out the best way to say this. So the way that we say it is, um, there is what we call the Bing Ads Network, right? So it's all the traffic here. I think I can post it in the message window. Yeah. There you go. So that's the link to that blog post. So um, Bing Ads powers all of Bing's traffic, at least 51% of Yahoo's traffic, however much Yahoo chooses to take of that network. Starting January 1st, we'll also be powering AOL. I don't know if you saw that release that came out a month or two ago. We took yes. that relationship away from Google. So about 1% of the query share that AOL represents still, stunningly. Uh, we're gonna be powering that. So that's Engadget, TechCrunch, Huffington Post. Um, so good quality traffic there. 
as well as we are the default search engine on uh, Kindle devices, on, on Fire devices. Uh, all the data that goes into Siri comes through Bing. All the data that goes into Amazon's Echo comes through Bing. Um, so there's a lot of places that you may not be aware of that are all still powered by Bing. So the Bing and Bing Ads Network is the entirety of those different distribution points, if that makes sense. Yahoo has their Gemini platform, which includes both their native advertising on their own and operated platform, as well as their own search right. mobile and desktop on yahoo.com only. Does that help? Uh, it does, and I think we just saw Bing Ads announced. I'm looking at the, uh, an article from Search Engine Land, a syndication deal with Ad Marketplace and Gumtree. Yeah. Do you know anything about, about that? I do. I'm trying to see if I can grab a network you, cable to make. Are you getting your file right now? I'm trying to find a network cable to see if I can. Uh, yeah, I'm grabbing paperwork right to show you. So. Yeah. Let me grab the file on Ad Marketplace. Um, <laughs> right out of my desk. By the way, I was going to note, your uh, background is way cooler than mine. You've got the total San Francisco startup background, like the brick and the whiteboard. Right. And I've got like, uh, the generic, right. boring Microsoft conference room background. Um, so I will tilt it uh, like five degrees because I should point this out. We had our first ad stage hackathon. So we started on a Friday. Uh, many guys and gals worked over the weekend. And then we also had yesterday full day dedicated to you know whatever you want to do. We're um, 23. I think we're 23 people now. Uh, most of which is engineering. So, and that is actually the result. So I don't know how well uh, you can actually see, That's awesome, but we had like six viable projects that uh, we'll probably put a few in production. It was mind blowing how much stuff was built in cool. a short amount of time. Yeah, I wonder why I even do my job <laughs> right, as a product guy. I should actually just leave everyone alone, and they just create magic. Speaking of magic, Scott disappeared. <laughs> Apparently, I impressed him so much with the hackathon that he lost the signal. Um, so we'll give Scott a second to hop back in. I think he was trying to switch his network cable, and he probably just lost his internet connection. Um, so if you're just joining us, we're talking to Scott Finholm. Scott is at uh, Microsoft. He's been managing relationships with advertisers of Bing ads for uh, five years. So anytime someone's buying uh, Bing ads traffic, that isn't like a Fortune 500 type, maybe a smaller advertiser. Either him or someone on his team is managing that relationship or managing the relationship with the team that uh, manages them, right? So, so Scott, you said you're here in the notes. How do you jump back on? Well, oh, sorry, I have to unlock the seat. There you go. All right. All right, you should be back in in a second. Um, no, that's right. It's good. I gave like a little uh, intermission. Uh, reset. Uh, right. Whatever. And then you had to Re do your recast of, of uh, your background. Your uh, uh, stamps.com uh, advertising, right? Typical podcast sponsorships. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> exactly. We're sponsored by AdStage, yeah, so, uh, all in one advertising yes, platform. You don't need any other sponsors. Being a big ad. Yeah, we should find some money to big ads podcast. Um, so we're also going to, also going to, uh, pre-roll that. Um, so you were about to say something, and then I uh, interrupted by pointing out we had a hackathon, which is awesome. But uh, it's because you're making fun of your crappy conference. Room, I think that so. was it. Yep. Uh, can we talk about Microsoft culture yeah, a little bit? It. I mean, you guys, so first of all, was Bomber crazy? The people at Microsoft think that Bomber was crazy? I, or do, is he revered? I think Bomber, like my first company meeting, 
the um i was looking around he came out yelling screaming like sweating just like jumping up and down and i didn't know right i'm like maybe three four months in and so i don't really know how all this goes right because i'd seen the old videos of like bill gates coming up out of the floor like backlit with smoke and everyone just cheering for like 15 minutes like cult of personality and i had assumed it was going to be that kind of vibe but everybody had this look on their face kind of like right like don't do anything that embarrasses us steve like the like the uncle that you're like he's going off about politics and you're like oh be careful oh oh please like it was just like there was that little like we want to like him but we're a little bit concerned about what he's going to say I think he did some great things for the company as a whole that will eventually probably be heralded. A lot of the stuff that we have done in the last two years have been in the pipeline. Like this stuff's all coming be, what, due to things that Steve kicked off. What Steve did was we we lost right. during the period that he was the CEO, the, the consumer cachet. Like I remind people that people slept out for Windows 95. Like that actually happened, right? We can't even conceive of that now, sleeping out for a Microsoft product on the street, right? But we had that cachet in 95 and what we what we what we moved to was away from being a consumer company and being a very enterprise company a very focused on serving the enterprise uh and making a ton of great revenue and very profitable revenue doing that but what we missed we missed on phones we missed on tablets i mean you can go back and look at bill gates holding up an enormous tablet with a big stylus like look tablet computers like he had all that right phones like i had a windows mobile device which I absolutely love with the slide out keyboard and the little stylus and I could do all my work on that. Somehow that didn't continue. So we missed on some of these big opportunities that Apple took advantage yes. of um, and that really grabbed the consumer. And so what we realized is uh, we needed to get back to thinking about consumers and thinking about users and simplifying things. And simplifying things means simplifying our brand, simplifying our message, simplifying our story. Um, that's why you're starting to see a lot of those kind of tugging on the heartstrings ads during football games, right? From Microsoft, you're starting to see a little bit more of like bringing together of our different products into kind of a consolidated offering. And if you're on Windows 10, you're starting to see how everything kind of works together. So culture wise, that applies to the culture as well. There's this, um, there was this old mentality of every man for themselves, different organizations would battle each other, building similar products that were actually competing, et cetera. Like it didn't make a ton of sense, but there was this sort of loudest voice wins best idea wins kind of mentality instead of thinking about an overall cultural direction so when sacha came in he replaced most of the senior leadership team there's a much looser vibe there's a much more um engaged much more interested much more sort of philosophical vibe it feels like the kind of company you want to work for in 2015 not like a startup but like kind of you know sacha actually got up at the last uh, uh sales conference we had and did demos he actually was demoing his own phone demoing windows 10 and in microsoft culture getting up and demoing like in a live demo with no net in front of a literally an arena full of people, 20,000 people. That's a big, scary thing to do. Balmer never would have done that kind of thing. But Sacha himself was a developer. He came from the server and tools team. But before that, a lot of people don't know this. He actually ran Bing. So he's a big believer in search and how search is so important and so core to what Microsoft is doing. And so integrating Bing into all pieces of Windows, all pieces of Microsoft services and devices has become so core to what we're trying to do um, that I think it's it's showing people that, you know, when I started, I think we lost $2 billion that year on search, lost. And uh, everyone said, oh, they're going to sell Bing to Yahoo or they're going to sell Bing to Facebook or they should just shut it down. But where we are today, if you have a Windows 10 machine, you see how deeply Bing is integrated into that into the Cortana 
personal assistant that's all powered by Bing. We're launching Cortana on Android and on iOS. Actually, it's launched on Android, soon to come on iOS. So now you've got a cross-device Bing-powered personal assistant. You've got Bing integrated in all of Office. You've got Bing Translator integrated into Skype to do real-time translation and video calls. Bing is everywhere in all things Microsoft, as well as into our partners. As I mentioned, into the Echo device on Amazon, that's all powered by Bing results, et cetera. You're starting to see things like Bing predicts. You may have run into this as uh, predicting outcomes of um, sports or, or political uh, races. I'm unhappy to, re to report that Bing predicts is predicting the St. Louis Cardinals are gonna beat my Chicago Cubs. I'm, I wanna talk to somebody about that. I didn't like that. But Bing correctly predicted, also sad, right. the Super Bowl last year and predicted that the Patriots, I think we're gonna beat the Seahawks. So I'm not happy about that either. They were right though. Uh, so uh, what, whatever I believe, uh, accuracy is more important, right? But the moral of the story is we're, we're using Bing not just as a direct bing.com search engine, but what are all the other places that we can integrate integrate Bing? And so then tying back to your question about corporate culture, it's one Microsoft. It's everybody coming together to create the best possible products and services in a really simplified, easy to understand manner for consumers and businesses. So their new mission statement, I'm going to butcher it. It's something like empowering every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. And I think that idea is really accurate. Like it, we used to be a PC on every desk. Well, we did that, right? So now we need to think about all people, all devices, all organizations, how can we be more productive in whatever definition you apply to the word productive, right? Personally or professionally, whether it's having a to-do right. list on my Windows phone that's stored in the cloud that my wife can also access on her iPhone to share that information. Those type of really simple productivity use cases for individuals, all the way up to obviously massive corporate, corporate organizations with security and cloud enablement and all the stuff I don't know anything about, right? I'm an advertising guy, but the, you know, the software stuff, like that's, that's where it all ties together. And I think there's a, a so much renewed excitement here and so much renewed interest um, in Microsoft as a whole. Uh, people like to talk to me about Microsoft. They get excited about it in a way that they didn't five years ago. So it's been really fun. Yeah, nice. Um, and, well, and let's talk ads a little bit since you are an ad guy, like you said. Mm -hmm. uh, we started talking about ad marketplace. Right. So how does ad marketplace well, play into the Bing ad strategy moving forward? So ad marketplace, um, I, we actually did an announcement about Infospace as well a week or two ago, uh, my old alma mater. These are both very similar relationships with a similar situation. In both cases, this is us taking direct control over an existing syndication relationship. So what does that mean? In, during the Yahoo agreement, Yahoo owned the negotiations and relationships for all syndication partners. So any distribution was managed by Yahoo. And so we let them do that. But as a result, and I'll just say it because um, sidebar, I actually am a Bing ads advertiser. I run a little clothing company and we, I buy on Bing ads in Google and Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. Maybe I should be talking to AdStage about helping me better manage my ad campaigns. Um, Again, right. You should maybe use AdStage. You can be on all five networks. You should post a link too. Maybe I'll buy a t-shirt because I assume idea. you sell t-shirts. Oh, of course we do. I, I will. I will post a link. I'm not afraid to blatantly pimp myself. Uh, so, as I'm furiously typing my link, there you go. And so, uh, what uh, what I uh, as an advertiser, we were talking about. Oh, Infospace. Yeah. So. Syndication. Add marketplace. Yeah, syndication You're taking network. back your relationship. So the syndication network, as we know, has not been of the most wonderful quality. And I think that's the case in most syndication networks, right? It's you can get good traffic out of syndication if you manage it appropriately, if you set your expectations appropriately, right? If you understand the right ad copy appropriately. 
Ad Marketplace and Infospace were uh, two of the cream of the crop syndication networks that we took those relationships back in house from Yahoo. And now we're controlling the terms of the agreement, the quality of the advertising that we're sending them, the revenue sharing relationships, et cetera. So Ad Marketplace is not net new traffic in the same way that Infospace is not net new traffic, but we wanted to announce that these high quality traffic sources and those relationships are now being brought back in house. In addition, so this is sort of layering on in addition to the AOL agreement that we launched, right? What we've done is said, now that we have the ability to manage our own distribution network, we're gonna take the ball and we're gonna go out and aggressively negotiate and take those best partners back in house and make sure that we're managing those appropriately. So that's what Infospace and, uh, and, and Ad Marketplace are all about. So not net new traffic, no reason to change your campaigns or do anything right now. You're not gonna see a spike in syndication distribution. What we're gonna hopefully do is continue to sort of tweak the dials to raise the quality of traffic from these syndication partners through revenue sharing, through the types of ads that we're serving, et cetera. Does that make sense? Right. Two questions from that. One, so, you know, I worked a lot with syndication networks back in the day, and my question to them was always, where do you get your traffic? Uh, and if they can't answer that question, I probably don't want it. Uh, and I talked to, I don't know if you remember Aaron Bush, who ran uh, mm -hmm. BizDev for uh, CityGrid and a few IC yeah. properties. Um, you know, and he was kind of banging it, and he might still be there, so I, I guess I can't say too much. But at one point, he was frustrated because, you know, he said it's between Google just dominating the market, and then you had the Bing Yahoo Search Alliance, there's just not more search traffic out there that they could get at the time because, you know, they own about.com or ask.com ask. or one yeah. or both of them. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, ask. And a, and a few other, like, really popular web properties that generate a lot of uh, traffic. But, you know, that's a hard business to be in, building kind of web properties and, and attracting consumer eyeballs. So I guess the, the two questions are, one, for Ad Marketplace, do you guys have good visibility into, like, physically where this traffic comes from? Yeah. And then number two, I'll ask you afterwards. <laughs> so Ad Marketplace, I'm, I'm learning this relationship as we go. We've been trying to figure out how to, how to talk about it. But um, the ones that stuck out for me are the ones that they talk about. Like, there's a set of fitness sites I know, like Runner's World and some others. Uh, that are in the ad marketplace distribution. And we mentioned a few others in our blog post. Let me see if I can find that and I'll post the link to that uh, in the window. Um, so you can see some of the additional uh, distribution points and in, in sites that they talk about. I feel the same way, man. Like I, I don't want to, we're, we're not looking to just find all those third tier sub syndication partners that we at MarchX used to. Look at you on top of it. Thank you, Paul. Um, yeah, well, it's part of well, I should now do a shameless plug. So we put out a blog every week, a blog post called This Week in Ad Tech. And this was one of the articles in This Week in Ad Tech. So you should sign up for it. You can learn uh, learn what we the other networks are. sign up for it, Paul. Let's all sign up for This Week in Ad Tech. <laughs> Again, you want to use these, you're, go for it. Unprompted plugs. Um, thank you. That's great. So, yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, and that's, again, why we are... Uh, we're taking the cream of the crop, the AOLs, the Infospaces, the ad marketplaces, and figuring out how to maximize that syndication network relationship. Back when I was at MarchX and we had those syndication uh, relationships with our ad network, we used to call it whack-a-mole for everybody else, right? It was you'd see these sketchy traffic sources pop up and you'd smack them and then you'd pop up somewhere else. And so what we're trying to do is figure out how to whittle this down to have the highest possible quality syndication. But Paul, your point's valid. Like how much more search is out there? Right. And so you find those best partners and then it gets into, well, is it type in traffic or is it domain traffic? Are people actually physically searching? So that's why I think, and, you know, just to turn this back into uh, talking about the Microsoft story a little bit. If any of you guys are on Windows 10 now, 
what we tried to do with Windows 10 using Cortana and integrating the search bar so directly both into Edge, our new browser, as well as into the taskbar itself, is to utilize search more effectively for folks and get people to search more, right? If you can actually use, so think about this, Microsoft has 1.5 billion Windows devices in the world. Our goal is to get a billion of them on Windows 10 by 2018. And if you can get a billion users using Bing and searching more often, right, to find the things that they need, that's how we finally started to use our biggest asset to grow Bing. Also think about it from the world of those of you that have upgraded to Windows 10, and I'm sure you've been hammered on this even if you haven't, it's a free upgrade, right? So if you're giving away Windows, which was a great revenue stream for us, it's the Android model. We got to make money on post-sales monetization. It's either going to be search, right? Or it's going to be, uh, you know, Office 365 or OneDrive, cloud storage, what have you. But we really see search as the, as the core monetization engine really for Microsoft as a whole in the consumer space, right? So we have to make the Bing results great and we have to interrupt that um, knee-jerk reaction, that verb, right, of Googling. Everybody's used to, they open their Windows right. machine or their Mac and they go to Chrome and they search on Google and that's how they find things. And you know this more than anybody, man. The top searches are not the stuff we report every year, like the Kardashians and whatever. It's Facebook, Yahoo Mail, Google is a top Google search term. I never quite got my head around that one. But uh, the, the, the point there is people use Google as the operating system for the internet to find the things that they do every day if they don't bookmark, right? It becomes so important to what they do. By integrating our search bar up front, now we're starting to, to interrupt, right? Interrupt that, that step to go to Google. So that's how we're gonna start to take query share away. Now, I'm not at liberty to say the numbers that we're seeing yet, as far as the incremental searches happening by users that have switched to Windows 10, you'll see those numbers soon, but they are extremely positive. So we're seeing a significant uptick in usage of Bing by users that switch from Windows 7 and Windows 8 up to Windows 10. So then we go back to the beginning. Okay, give Windows away for free, 1 billion devices by 2018, significant uptick in Bing searches for all of those users. We're finally saying, okay, we, we tried to go head to head, google.com versus bing.com, the Bing and on ads, right? And all of our marketing didn't work. We didn't appreciably drive up traffic. Partnerships have helped a lot, but now we're finally using Windows to say, this is how we're really gonna drive this business forward instead of making people pay for an operating system every three years we're going to give it to them for free and then we're going to use advertising right. a good experience and monetize them that way so so no offense but that is a model google's been doing really well for a long time right uh, and they went the opposite direction of saying like oh let's get into the browser business because we can kind of uh, you know create more loyal users if we also have a browser um so and now you see with facebook Instagram, Pinterest, uh, you know, kind of non-search properties growing. Uh, and Google now starting to, you know, freak out a little bit because search share is not growing like it used to. Um, so we're seeing Google start to look at ways to get traffic um, from kind of non-search properties. Uh, they just introduced Gmail ads into kind of the core AdWords experience to take advantage of that inventory. Um, is there a, a Microsoft slash Bing strategy for kind of the non-search world that would combat the... Instagram for Microsoft uh, approach or the growing kind of Pinterest traffic. Um, what Are you going to do uh, a Bing wave is what I should have said. Are you going to do Bing wave and then Bing plus? <laughs> Not quite. Which Bingle, are, right? Yeah. Like, like frugal. Google um, products. So uh, what you'll see launching in the next couple of months is uh, us piloting a native advertising solution powered from Bing ads. So think of it sort of similar to what you're seeing from Yahoo and the Gemini space, but I think of it more like Facebook to a large degree. Uh, simple title description, 
uh, plus an image distributed into MSN only for now. So the idea is using your existing Bing campaigns and the existing targeting parameters and geolocation parameters, as well as being able to match your ad creative against ad copy, uh, being able to do remessaging in that ad, if you've implemented U, uh, UET, right, our, our unified uh, event tracking tool, uh, and then also uh, some search remessaging. So if a user has searched for a related term, you can message to that user on MSN. So trying to find a way to, to sort of thoughtfully expand the distribution of the Bing ads advertising into a non-directly yeah. search component. Uh, the hope then- Well, let me interrupt you real, real quick. Um, it's, right, so on that specifically, it's kind of a, a content network play, right? So, um, but to go down that road, I mean, if you look at Yahoo, right? Yahoo's kind of going all in on content, right? They're trying to kind of reinvent, not reinvent, go back to the past in which you went to Yahoo to go see sports and auto and traffic and weather. Um, and it really feels like they are becoming more of a content company. Twitter just announced, you know, they're now starting to curate content and create streams of information. Uh, so if I'm in if being critical of Microsoft, I'm saying, you know, it's one thing to get my ads pushed out into the content network, but how are you going to build good content in the kind of MSN distribution network? Uh, is it going to be partnerships? Is it going to be curated content? I mean, what, do you have any, can you tell us any secrets? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know that it's much of a secret. We went down the road for a long time trying to create content. The MS and MSNBC, some may remember, is Microsoft, right? Trying to build our own uh, news network uh, and content from that perspective. Uh, MSN as uh, a standalone entity was had a set of writers and editors for a long time. But right now it's kind of moved back toward a portal type uh, content aggregation platform. Yes, there's some curation happening as far as the articles that are appearing there, but primarily it's news feeds from other sources. Uh, I don't think we're going to be in the content generation business. Every time we've tried to do that, it hasn't gone particularly well. I know we went down the road about building, uh, we were going to do our own shows created in the Xbox environment, much like I know Sony's done some stuff through PlayStation and um, some of those kinds of things. But I think we've actually sold that entity. Microsoft sort of sometimes fumbles trying to figure out what it is, but it, it becomes quite obvious quite quickly, right? We um, we acquired a Quantive years ago and we had an ad agency under our umbrella for a while. We realized that was just the wrong thing for us to be doing and got rid of it. Um, Atlas, similarly, right? Great ad platform that was bought by Facebook and they're doing great things with it. That wasn't a great, the right thing for us to be doing. So I don't think content creation is going to be where we're gonna be successful. My hope is that, honestly, my hope is that we can get out ahead of Facebook a little bit in the way of being able to do bring your own audience targeting and finding more and better distribution points for that advertising using audience-based targeting it within Bing ads, right? So we're already starting that process within our native advertising, within our owned and operated environment in Microsoft, in MSN. So the question becomes all these great apps that we're putting out for free, right? The Office apps and Skype apps and whatever that are getting multiple distribution points on mobile and multiple operating systems. If we can start to monetize some of those through Bing around audience targeting, and this is just me talking now, okay? So this is not, this is where I wanna see us go. But if we can start to partner with companies that are bringing their own audience, right, that want to be able to remessage to companies and open ourselves up a little more, I think that helps us kind of leapfrog Google because Google's still trying to keep that a little more closed off. Um, my, my hope is, my hope is that we open that up and say, let's find the best possible distribution points where Bing ads can be the monetization engine for them uh, as a platform. Does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah, makes total sense. Um, and we, I mean, we don't know what the industry is going to do in terms of. Uh, the success of this whole curation model that Twitter's coming out with. And, you know, we've seen this song and dance before and it usually doesn't end well. 
because you know these are tech companies, research companies, not journalists. So, um, and the whole state of journalism is a is a whole other topics. Um, but so interesting to get the perspective. I mean, it is refreshing to you know at least to, to hear kind of Microsoft had uh, someone from Microsoft. I know you're not speaking for Microsoft. Right. Someone from Microsoft had just such an honest perspective of like some some things that worked, some things that didn't, um, and the direction you're moving. So. Um, awesome. Let's talk before we run out of time. Let's talk about specifics for people who are managing search campaigns today. Please. And let's say historically they've been running Google Bing, Bing slash Yahoo. Gemini peeled off a year ago. To be honest, you know, maybe one out of every hundred people I talk to who run an agency or, or, or in a marketing department care about Gemini because it's like another thing to do for a tiny fraction of traffic. If you're pro- if you're an app like a mobile app or a game and like that, that traffic is super valuable. You might be more interested, but you know, at this, you know, here at AdStage and back when I was at another search platform, uh, Gemini was a tough sell for the Yahoo team to convince us like we should take a lot of money to invest in it. Maybe I'm wrong now. Anyway, um, so Gemini happened. It didn't look like it affected a lot of advertisers from my perspective. Uh, and it sounds like from the numbers, it's still, you know, uh, Yahoo still monetizing through, the Bing platform. Um, so what is an advertiser, how do they set up kind of a campaign ideally? If you if you put yourself in their shoes, how much like Bing traffic do you think they should get? That's, that's my favorite trick question I get from clients. Like how much of my budget should I move over to Gemini, right? It comes up a lot. Well, I try to trick you as often as possible. I like it, it's good. So uh, the, here's the way I, I try to reframe the question. Let's say a content site out there, you know, uh, peacockfeathers.com. I just made that up. So peacockfeathers.com is a content site and has lots of great content and it's traditionally used in other search engines to monetize their content. They've built a brand new advertising platform. It's brand new. It's not, you know, it's missing some features. Not every tool provider is coded to it. There's not a lot of visibility into conversion tracking. Uh, it's a little trickier to manage than you would like. Um, how much of your budget would you move over to that brand new advertising platform? I don't know that you would make an official move of budget to brand new advertising platform. You would pilot. I, I would 100% suggest you should pilot. You should test Gemini and see if it works for you. Um, but it is a brand new advertising platform. And until it validates, until you validate how to use it for you, I would be careful with it. And, and, and I'm saying that directly and honestly, like you should pilot. You definitely should, but Gemini is not just search. It's also all of that native advertising traffic, which is going to be obviously high impression, low click through rate and potentially low quality, lower quality from a conversion rate perspective than what you're seeing in search. So the totality of that platform needs to be taken into consideration as you think about how to manage it. Can you parse those things out? I think they're allowing a little bit more of that ability to create separate search only campaigns or native only campaigns. Um, but yeah, so my suggestion is yes, pilot, see if it works for you, but particularly going into holidays for most of our retail customers, it's one of these, like, are you comfortable moving a significant percentage of your budget to a platform that is uh, not yet validated completely, not yet fully coded to from a platform perspective. And, um, and, 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 and you're really rolling the dice to some extent, right? Versus, you know, what Bing ads is, we're getting better every day. I'd say that we have a platform that from a stability and quality perspective is at least where Google is right. And we're adding features all the time to try to stay at Google parity. Uh, with what you're seeing there. Um, so I commend Yahoo for wanting to take their 
their future, right? And their destiny in their own hands. But at the same time, you know, when I've piloted on Gemini myself, I have not seen wonderful results, right? I've not seen wonderful conversion, uh, primarily due to the native uh, component. So what I'm saying is don't think of it as I was getting X percent from Yahoo of Bing ads. I'm gonna take X percent and move it over to Gemini. What I would say is um, pilot with a brand new approach, just like you did on Facebook, just like you did on Twitter or LinkedIn or other distribution sources and see how it performs for you and then dial it up from there. I'm fine competing with Gemini. If Yahoo wants to create a great platform that can beat us on ROI, uh, great, let's go, you know, come at us. But it, we need to sort of decouple this concept that it's just, we're splitting traffic off. You need to think of them as independent entities. And then, you know, candidly, there's that question of how much time does a marketer have, right? To add a third platform to the mix. If only there were a product. Paul, that could help them manage their time more effectively across multiple platforms. Do you know? Can't think of one. Can't think of one. Uh, uh, can't think of one. Um, well, that was a really good answer. You had to be like uh, mesmerized there into uh, into the concept of moving budget over to Gemini. Yeah, test it, try it, see if it works, and then make the decision. Um, yeah. And yet, of course, you could use AdStage to manage all five networks. Certainly. Um, what a great suggestion. Well, and I said five. So we don't have uh, Gemini support. So I guess I should say six networks. Well, let me, Today let me we throw do it back to you. Google Paul, why haven't, why haven't yeah. you prioritized building to Gemini? Yeah, I mean, the same reason I kind of entered the question with. I mean, you know, we are just an outcome of what our clients want, right? So as a good kind of product, we respond to what the market kind of needs to solve problems. And there's just not a lot of people that have Gemini problems. Uh, we did a, a podcast where we brought Gemini up a little bit, really struggled to find people that had experience on it. Uh, we did run our own campaigns, went through the UI. I mean, it's kind of too soon to tell whether it's going to be a viable player in the space. I think when we, we did a survey, I forget how many people are signed up to our, our newsletter, something like 25,000 people. Uh, and then to, you know, we have a few thousand uh, customers that use our product and you know, Gemini was like barely on the charts. Instagram and Pinterest are much higher in the uh, people would like to see us integrate with those platforms more fully. And then you have <clears throat> YouTube now being embraced uh, with Google. So, you know, it's hard to be Yahoo right now unless you're just trying to sell to large brands who kind of want a really native experience that could be very customized. But for kind of a mass appeal, you know, we're fully automated, programmatic you know, marketers that use our platform don't have a lot of time. They're not going to do a custom creative for a specific experience. You know, they're going to build creative every week. And, you know, there's kind of a, a high velocity business. So for us, it has not been something that we've seen or heard a lot about, to be honest. Makes so, sense. Makes sense. Maybe we'll have someone from Gemini in here next week to, to tell us why Gemini is great. I think it should, honestly, like, you know, for us, it's, it's healthy competition. And you made a comment earlier about content, right. And being worried about Facebook and Instagram and what the, and the rest of it. I see really the world of part of our AOL relationship was the shifting of our display sales team over to the AOL team. So we've created a relationship with AOL, similar to what we do with Yahoo six years ago, which was two smaller powers trying to join forces to create a more viable product. I think the days of traditional display advertising sales are dead to a large degree, right? Everything is programmatic. And now we're finding new ad uh, platforms and new interfaces. And now that Instagram is open to everybody, right? There, there are new opportunities to start to get awareness and brand uh, messaging out there that traditionally that top of the funnel that display had always uh, taken. 
uh, is being filled by new 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 experiences, right? We're the bottom of the funnel. We're that last click before a purchase. So you can see an ad on Instagram or Facebook or what have you, and it gets in your head. And then if you want to go ahead and you know pull the trigger, you're on some diet where you can only eat like, you know, what, what's the one that my wife's got me on right now? Whole 30, which is like I need to know what this thing is and buy all the stuff. And okay, I type in Whole 30 because I saw it on Instagram and what have you. And then I, you know, I type in Whole30 in search, and then I get the results, and I purchase at that time. That's how most people, I think, do the purchase funnel: awareness, 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 search, acquisition. And there's an important point for search to be there to have the best possible results. So that I know then my diet, where I can only have four seeds for lunch or whatever the hell I've, I've, I'm eating at this point, is, it, you know, so I've, I've, I purchased that product in that program. Uh, obviously, it's in my head, uh, uh, but I learned about it through those other experiences. I don't want to take that money away from Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or what have you. There's a viable place for all of these, you know, advertising offerings in the ecosystem. Uh, we just want to be that last click, right? We want to be that purchase experience. We want to make sure that we're there when the, the user is ready to acquire. Does that make sense? Um, it does make sense. I want to make sure you're not late for your speaking engagement in nine minutes. Um, there, is, there is a question about being video and, and live stream at Microsoft. I have no idea. Sure, I can answer that. We don't really do much with video anymore. I think it's similarly, we don't, um, how do I say this the right way? YouTube owns video to a large degree, right? Uh, you know, we, we just try to make sure that we are, uh, I read the other day, there was an article that said that Bing's video search is actually a better video search experience from a results perspective than searching on YouTube. So we're just trying to good, do a good job aggregating and indexing content. I don't see us getting into the video world. We do a little bit in um, Xbox, uh, so we may continue that in partnership with AOL or others. I think one of the great things that's, um, uh, it's been wonderful for us and this team, we, I sell one thing, search, just search, right? I'm not trying to sell video or YouTube or anything else. It's just search. We are here to be, uh, an offshoot of the optimization team and the account management team and our clients. And I say it that way because the, the Anarchon gorilla, right? Everybody's Google campaigns are pretty well optimized, pretty well managed they're in pretty good shape. Everybody's got a to-do list of things they wish they had time to do on Bing because they know it would help and they haven't had the time to get to it. And we get that from a query share perspective, right? So our goal is to help people be more effective on Bing because we think there's still so much opportunity to maximize these campaigns from an ROI perspective, right? And so for us, we sell one thing and it's just search. That's it. Native is a component of search. We'll sell other things that are components of search, but it's helped us simplify our story so significantly. Similarly with video, we've had to shed some things that we were trying to sell that we weren't as effective at. So I don't see us getting into video uh, or any kind of live streaming from that side. Unless Skype for business, we do some of this kind of thing, uh, but I don't think that's a monetizable uh, entity. Well, in, in one minute or less, Xbox, uh, Xbox inventory. I mean, you just talked about how you're trying to focus on search and now I'm trying to get you to defocus, yeah. but uh, it's okay. are you guys still investing there? We, we have Xbox advertising inventory. It's being sold through our AOL Microsoft partnership, right? So that's traditionally considered display inventory or video inventory. So that's all shifted over to the AOL side of the house. I don't know what the world's going to look like as we start to launch windows 10 on Xbox one. Um, I know we have uh, Bing searches within xbox right the voice search component i know we're bringing cortana to xbox one as well uh, we've been very cautious in those very user centric uh, use cases to not focus on monetization through advertising i can't tell you how much i would love for the cortana team to come to me and say hey we're going to sell an experience where somebody says you know what's the best car and we can just sell 
to car companies to be the first result that Cortana says. I, I'm salivating trying to sell that as a solution, right? But they know that's the wrong solution. Cortana has to establish trust. It has to be trusted, a trusted entity, a trusted personal assistant. So from that perspective, there may be some advertising opportunities on Xbox down the road from Bing. But as of right now, we're focused solely on user experience. Awesome. Well, thank you. I know you have to get to that uh, 11 o'clock, so you have six minutes left. You've been an awesome guest. I'm glad we got a chance to catch up a little bit Thanks. and hang out. Hey, and let's, let's do this again. Can I answer one again. question in the, in the window? I saw Gil Hong had a question. Yeah, sure. For agencies that have a Yahoo rep, when can we expect to start a relationship with someone from Bing Ads? You should be hearing from someone soon if you haven't already. Uh, our goal was to get the majority of advertisers transitioned over to Microsoft by the end of October. We got about 70-ish percent of the revenue that runs through Bing Ads is now transitioned over to Microsoft. So if you want to shoot me, just uh, you could tweet at me at Finholm, and I'll make sure that you're hooked up with whoever you need. Because if you haven't been talked to, I want to make sure you get connected. Thank you for asking. Paul, thanks, man. This was really fun. Awesome. Yep, let's do it again, man. Take thanks. care.